everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Just and the Suffering podcast, featuring New York sports talk from a long-suffering fan, usually. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. This is our final episode of 2019, and it's not going to be a sports one today. We are doing a special year-in-review episode of the Year in Pop Culture. I have my two pop culture correspondents in the studio with me today to talk about all the happenings from the world of pop culture in 2019. First up, Sam DeRosa and John Stanka will be hopping in the studio. We'll talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, what disaster that was, the year in TV, the year in movies, and more. A lot of fun times in this conversation. If you're looking for the sports episode, it's coming in a couple of days. I'll be previewing the NFL playoffs at Russell Baxter. I'll be doing the wild card weekend picks with Troy Moriello, the Cowboy fan we spoke to back in week four. We will also talk about the college football playoff, recap The Mandalorian, which wrapped after this episode was taped. Great episode of the show. That's going to be in that podcast as well. And I'll get the business out of the way at the top. So feel free to subscribe to this podcast going forward if you like what you see here. Just search for it on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or iTunes. It's all there. Search for Just End the Suffering on any of those platforms. You'll find all our episodes there. There's been a lot coming out late. We had the Star Wars episode with John Stanko. We had Watching the Finale with John Stanko. So this is our third Stanko appearance in about a span of two weeks. We had the holiday special episode where I spoke to Ross Greenberg from HBO Sports, along with a slew of other guests. We talked to Dan Federico about the winter meetings. A lot of good stuff happening on this podcast. So make sure you subscribe. Feel free to leave your feedback and star ratings as well. Or I like this podcast even better going forward. You can also follow me on Twitter at mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. And sit back, folks, relax, and enjoy. We are back on our year-end pop culture special here on the Just and the Suffering podcast. I know you guys listen to some of the sports stuff, but I do love doing the pop culture. And we have my two pop culture people here. First up, the resident film critic of this podcast, John Stanko. John, welcome. How are you? I'm doing all right, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. And also with us is our pop culture correspondent, Sam DeRosa. Sam, welcome. How are you? Oh, good. How are you doing? (laughs) I love the voice. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Link it. Link every move. Thank you. Yeah. My voice will not stay like this the entire time. <laughs> that would be really impressive if you could. If you could maintain the Elvis impersonation the entire podcast, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> I already broke it, so <laughs> maybe next year. Yeah, this was a, a concept that's been long in the making for me because, like, this was originally the, the pairing was supposed to be on the Avengers podcast. Life got in the way. Stanko sort of barreled Schneider hand off the pop culture beat for good. And then <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Will. Yeah, because yeah, remember, Will was on that podcast. You'll forget about that. He was. Oh, he no. just couldn't handle all my hot takes about <laughs> how awful Nebula was. Yeah, and by the way, that Nebula clip did make the year-end uh, clip show podcast. Good, because she's a piling waste of garbage. <laughs> yeah, so what we're going to do here is, like, this is a concept I started last year on my podcast. At the last episode of 2018, I had my friend Anthony Calvi on. We talked about some stuff that was looking ahead to 2020. Unfortunately, Anthony could not do it this year, but I feel like we got an upgrade in talent here. So, no offense to Anthony. Poor Anthony. Yeah, my God. Like, I don't even know you. Shots fired. <laughs> no offense to Anthony taken. Hopefully, but we'll Hopefully. get <laughs> we'll get on to this. So we'll do we'll do some TV, which is why I feel like more Sam's area of expertise. John is obviously the movie guy, so we need John. 
Yeah, we'll just, we'll chime in. We'll make it a conversation. Feel free to make your yeah, opinions yeah. known. Oh, I was gonna say same. Yes. Yeah. 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 So let's start with a little uh, pop culture. Back in February, talk the Super Bowl halftime show. It's like this the one sports related thing we'll get in here. You and I talk about this on the podcast, Sam. John, what was your take on the Super Bowl halftime show? One, I had to look up who's saying it because I don't, don't care save. and I don't remember. <laughs> that is how irrelevant the Super Bowl halftime show is. Yeah. Ooh, it's a sporting event. If you're watching it for the halftime show, great. Go watch it in some family living room and don't care about the sports. I wrote it down. I couldn't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember. I couldn't even keep it was my head Maroon 5. Minutes. So, like, that's who it was. I didn't care. I, didn't, I was watching the football game because it's a Super Bowl. I don't care about the halftime show. And you're show. a Patriot fan. I so you, I am. I don't care. I cannot. The last halftime show I remember is probably the Justin Timberlake <laughs> one, and it's for the wrong reasons. That's the last <laughs> one I remember. I really don't care. Yeah, the thing I remember most about this halftime show, we discussed this as well, was like, that was back when they were doing the whole like SpongeBob's creator die, and they were gonna do the sweet victory thing, and they mm-hmm. and they Rick roll us, but tr- and use it to introduce sick on mode. Well, it's bad that I have never seen like an episode of SpongeBob in my life, so that's probably a detriment on my part. I'm gonna keep my uh, comments to myself. <laughs> if you want to hear Sam's thoughts, I go back to February Super Bowl episode. She, <laughs> they were they were on there, but such a whiff. And what do you think's gonna happen? And we'll get to what's gonna happen with that in the future, but. Well, some other TV stuff that we have to address this year. Game of Thrones. I'm not a throner. You t- you two are throners. So <laughs> did did the show stick the landing? I'll go to you first, Sam. I mean, like, it had so much potential beginning of the season, and then it just, like, you know, it, it is what it is. You can't change TV. So it, I just accept it for what it is. I'm not happy about it, but it's there. I mean, I got Arya as my favorite character all time, so I had her nice little – kill the night king and everything so i'm happy about that much that's it (laughs) yeah i think it had moments i think what i remember most from the final season is not even the show it's how bad david uh benenhoff and db weiss handled all the criticism and handled the media they were horrendous at some point just let it lie let twitter talk you don't need to respond to everything people aren't going to be happy with it when expectations are so high you're never going to be able to meet them and they, they just kept on feeding the fire of media controversy, nobody liking it. That's what I remember from the final season. And it was just, at the day of this taping, the Golden Globes were announced, and Game of Thrones only nominated for one Golden Globe, Kit Harrington. that's it. They're not nominated for Best Drama Series, and rightfully so. Yeah. It was not a great season of TV. It had great moments, but overall, it was just not very good. Yeah, I'm not a throner, so again, like I was going off of the Twitter reaction, and I'm probably, I know like stuff happened. I know who ended up on the Iron Throne at the end of the series, so... It's going to ruin my rewatch whenever I get to eventually, but whatever. But my thing is I feel like it sort of peaked around that one episode, I think the big battle episode, episode three, I want to say. That wasn't even the best episode, not even close. Yeah. Well, according to the Twitter people, it was, but that's but then again, Twitter's a cesspool, so who knows? <laughs> I mean, TV's subjective. Movies are subjective. Pop yeah. culture is subjective. It's just I think when you're creating a show like this, you're not going to be able to please everyone, so you might as well not even try. Just make it what you, make it what you want. Yeah, is it up there in terms of you think like, they completely historic, like, mean bad series endings. I'll ask you guys this way, because everyone who's watched this show is up there with, like, a Sopranos or a Lost or a How I Met Your Mother is up in that territory of, like, bad endings. I feel, I don't know. I feel like I would, like, last episode, like, that, I would stick it with the How I Met Your Mother. Like, completely, like, you have such detail and such hard work going into the previous seasons, and then you completely are like, whatever. Like, you know. It's like you're painting a Van Gogh, and then for the last two episodes, you're going to finger painting. That's kind of what they did with the storytelling and kind of the whole story Yeah, they have that meme, too, of, like, a horse being drawn. It's, like, seasons one, two, three, and it's, like, this, like, ridiculously detailed drawing of a horse. And at the end, it's, like, a stick figure, you know. it is what it is. Yeah. it's it's not it's not a good final season in TV, but everyone should still rewatch the series because overall it's still fantastic television oh, for the decade plus it was on TV. 
Yeah, as far as that's concerned, I also throw out there in terms of the bad series finales at all time, like I'm going to stick my neck out and say that Lost was not as bad as people made out to be. I never watched Lost, so I, yeah. I can't speak on that. I mean, it's it's okay. I, I wouldn't stick it to the top of your list. Like I mean, I feel like the ending gets much more hate than it, than it actually deserves. How about your mother? Way up there in terms See, of like how bad it was. I didn't think How I Met Your Mother was as bad as people say. I, I, the thing is, how often are your expectations going into a final season of TV really high? Because I think people knew going into the final season of Game of Thrones to be like, hey, guess what? Season 7 wasn't that great. We're yeah. going to go into season 8 where you expect it to be better? Like, how many times are you going into the final season being, this is going to re- be when it reaches its peak? It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. yeah, How About Your Mother? Remember, for those to reset who have not seen the show in a while or forgot about it, season 9 was like the whole concept obviously Ted's telling the story with kids about how he met their mother. And then they don't show us the mother until season 8 in the finale when Kristen Milioti is revealed as the mother and... They nailed the casting. I thought that was the perfect choice for that role. And then they said, you know what? We filmed something back in 2006 that basically outweighs everything we've done the last five years. We'll stick to that ending, kill her off off screen, and then let Ted get tell the story of his kids a reason to get permission to go marry Robin. I mean, come on. See, like, that wasn't my issue with this season. My issue was it took over a place of, what, like three days? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's dumb. Like, I get the, like, the last episode's, like, whatever, because they're, like, tying up loose ends. And I get he, the, all the producers, the writers, they wanted to stick to what they mm-hmm. wanted to do back in season one because they were like, if it's not going to get renewed, that's what we're going to do with it. Get that. It's just, like, the whole season was just, like, such a letdown. I remember every Monday night I'd, like, go to school, finish classes, get excited, and just give me letdown every Monday for an entire <laughs> season. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And I remember watching that finale. I'm like, wow, like. They did so much in one family. If that was a whole season, it would have been so much better. We're really uh, dumping on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Listen, I love the TV show as a whole, but again, oh, final season mm-hmm. wasn't that good. No. Slaps giving. I like to pretend that that did not happen. I like to pretend season eight's where it ended. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's go Let's go back to actually this year and not stop going back to 2013. <laughs> we'll, go to, we'll go to Stranger Things. I know you were not as big into Stranger Things right now. I right? haven't seen it yet. I will save it for the summer when I have some free time, but I genuinely I lost interest and I will get to it when I can (laughs) okay so I've not gotten your thoughts on the podcast about Stranger Things season three what's your take on it I actually enjoyed it um I just like the whole 80s vibe to be completely honest like it's 2019 and we're perfectly encapsulating like the 80s which I'm sure you know the guys who are in charge the Duffy brothers they like you know they were alive during the 80s but um I don't know I just enjoy it it's like you know I'm not expecting like huge things from it every season so like you know I'm I'm never really let down yeah, I was impressed with this season because I thought season two was sort of the letdown season where it was like they sort of took the episode outside of the outside of the main story and they sent uh, Eleven to Chicago to meet her siblings and whatever. Yeah, they learned their lesson. They got so much backlash for that. They're never doing that again. And they had a, a good mix of characters. They put the right groups together. And I have a one of my favorite C- TV scenes of the entire year. I pulled a clip from it. This is from, I think, episode four four or five of Stranger Things. This is like in the ice cream shop with Erica and I will play it right now. Her great speech about the importance of capitalism. You know what I love most about this country? Capitalism. Do you know what capitalism is? Yeah. Yeah. It means this is a free market system, which means people get paid for their services depending on how valuable their contributions are. And it seems to me my ability to fit into that little bit is very, very valuable to you all. So, you want my help? This USS Butterscotch better be the first of many. And I'm talking free ice cream for life. 
As your first time hearing it, John, what did you think of that scene? She sounds like an elementary school giving a speech in a classroom. <laughs> Yo, she's a breakout character. You're gonna like her. I, listen, I've You're heard. I like know her. exactly. <laughs> I know exactly who the character is. I know exactly what she looks like. I'm gonna watch it eventually. That's just what, yeah, with yeah, no yeah. visual, <laughs> that's what it sounded like. It was a lot of fun, and I love the little do to do do ice cream music playing underneath the whole yeah. capitalism speech. It was just perfect. I love that scene. And you know what else was funny? Do you remember the new Coke ad? Basically, they ran the Melbourne episode. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part of the entire season is when um, this like, is he here? Like the whole yeah. thing with Robin. Yeah. And that was great. Yeah, that was fan. That was fantastic. Robin was the character. Was probably the best thing that came out of that season. Yeah. Because they did butcher a few things. I feel like keeping uh, Dustin away from the other, the rest of the crew for so long was a mistake. Yeah. Because if he didn't meet up there everybody until I think episode seven of an eight episode season. Yeah, they gave him his own little story arc. So. Yeah, because they basically, I feel like that show is very reactionary, where they see what works the previous year and like, oh, we're gonna double, triple down on it. Like Dustin and Steve, I feel like just immediate overreaction. Like we need to put them together the entire season. I know, but I really liked it, so I can't say anything. <laughs> Yeah, I also, I have a good quote from one of our earlier podcasts here from Pete Considori, who did Stranger Things with me on the podcast. So this is, this is his take on the new Coke scene for those who want to listen. I feel like the way of the future with like YouTube ads and stuff like that, they're just going to put it inside the videos from now on. Like Stranger Things, Netflix doesn't have ads in between the commercials, right? Uh, it, it, between nope. the shows. Yeah. Um, Hulu has this thing where if you don't pay the premium price, there is commercials because there's more TV shows yeah. and they need to make money sometimes too. But but they literally had a 30-second spot in Stranger Things about new Coke. It's hysterical. I was laughing and my girlfriend couldn't get it. I'm like, they literally just did a Coca-Cola ad right in front of you and you didn't even think about it. Um, and, you know, And product pay- placement is not new, right? They've yeah. been doing that in movies and yeah. TV shows for a very long time. I've never seen it done that blatantly where it's not a joke. Thoughts? I mean, like in the '80s, like that, like it's the joke because New Coke was such a, such Flop. a, yeah, that like you know people invested all this money into the product and it didn't even sell. So I feel like maybe it's like kind of like a, a you know, an ironical joke or whatever. Yeah, John, do you have any thoughts on Pete's take there? Listen, I, I agree with them. Product placement's been in broadcasting for a while, whether it be TVs or movies. So and it's not going away anytime soon. I think. You look at YouTube videos and podcasts are interweaving ads into certain segments of the show. It's no longer just like a pause. We're going to commercial break. Here's an ad read. Then we're back to the show. Mm-hmm. They're weaving it all in. It's eventually going to be the way of the future. And just now you're getting creative with it. Yeah, I feel like being creative with it is good. I feel like that was good creative. I mean, I've seen really bad product placement in movies and movies and shows. Like a perfect example comes to my mind. I think the Power Ranger reboot in 2017 where the whole like – end of the movie was revolved around this trying to find this gen that was buried under a Krispy Kreme they're shouting Krispy Kreme Krispy Kreme Krispy Kreme every 30 <laughs> seconds it was just so bad what a quality movie though <laughs> listen that movie was not as it was a C plus it was better I mean, than I expected like, it's nothing to like you know you don't get your hopes up you're just no. like this is just Power Rangers exactly like, <laughs> yeah it's like I went in with very low expectations I'm like okay this is not terrible it wasn't terrible it was fine it was fine the, the people from that have gone to bigger and better things yes they have like Dacre Montgomery and Stranger Things mm-hmm. and Naomi Scott in a couple of big pictures this year we'll get to the movies in just a bit we'll finish up the TV section here so Sam do you have any thoughts on broadcast shows best of the year I like Stumptown yep. I don't know if anybody's seen that I put that on on a whim yep. and I was like I actually like this and I thank god my brother has the premium price for Hulu because I gave up mine because I could not afford their premium price and I watched it like back to back. It was really good. Yeah, Stumptown is definitely interesting for, for for that show. I mean, I've seen an episode or two of it. I think it's I think it's not bad. I think it's got potential. Yeah, and it's also based off of a graphic novel, which I did not know. Yeah, and Colby Smolders and Jake Johnson are very funny people. I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the commercials everywhere. So two comedic chemist two uh, good comedic minds there. So hopefully the chemistry works out for that one. Oh, 
It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to cable next. John, what's the best cable show of the year, in your opinion? All hail HBO. <laughs> HBO is knocking it out of the park. Um, Chernobyl is the best TV I saw this year, hands down, not even close. Wins best limited drama series wherever it should be nominated. <laughs> Unbelievable. Watchmen, which is currently running as we're taping, is fantastic. Uh, so that's also really good. True Detective Season 3 kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people, but Mahershala Ali still gives the best performance on TV I've seen in any show this year, so he's fantastic. And also Euphoria was a massive cultural hit. I didn't watch it live. I plan on watching it eventually. Barry Season 2 was better, was supposed to be better than Barry Season 1, which people say was really good. And then also Succession, another huge hit with Season 2. Yeah. So all hail HBO. They knocked it out of the park. Even in a year where Game of Thrones disappointed, they still had the best cable TV shows out there. Yeah. Now you have Fleabag on on Amazon Prime, oh. which is getting a ton of a ton of praise. So good. I haven't seen it. I mean, I highlight like you know, it's about a, a thir- woman in her thirties. Yeah. And, but it's great. Like, I, I mean, she's fabulous. They say it's the best comedy on TV, like oh my not God, even close. It's so good. Russian Doll on Netflix is also supposed to be really, really good. good as well. So I've I've been on the HBO bandwagon this year. They are knocking it out of the park. But Chernobyl and Watchmen are the two best shows that I've seen this year. I would concur on the Chernobyl and Watchmen. They are great. Do you have any thoughts on the cable department? I mean, like, honestly, like, Watchmen, mm. even last night, like, today is December the 9th. Like, literally, like, the last week, we have one episode left. I literally cannot, I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Like, the way they did the whole, like, nostalgia episode, brilliant. That's like, the it was best so of, brilliant. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, my God. It's a great show. I've seen that as an episode of the year in just television. As general, it should like, be. The nostalgia episode. Because it was fantastic. Directed. Directed. Unbelievable. It was fantastically Love done. Love Regina King. Like, yeah. but side the, note, like she's a whole open category. She's mm-hmm. a great actress. The casting of that entire show was just like spot on. I mean, they they, they nailed everybody, which is amazing. And I think the best casting you and I talked about this when we did Watchmen's podcast. Jeremy Irons as Adrian Veidt has been, has been <laughs> I think, the casting choice of the year. Well, it's whenever he's on the screen, you think it's a different TV show. It just doesn't connect with it. And finally, in this past yes, episode, they yes. connected both worlds with connecting him with Doctor Manhattan. Um, so it listen, the show is fantastic. David Lindelhoff is steering it perfectly. He only wants to do one season of it, so guess what? Next episode might be the series finale. They're broadcasting it as the season finale, but yeah. it very well might be the end of Watchmen in this run for it. But re- fantastic TV. You gotta respect that though, like that you know. That I think that's an the end. way it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, if you have a final endpoint, you're not trying to dangle anything in front of the audience. You're closing a story. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like HBO is in there begging Damon, like, please make another one. We're getting so much love for you, and then like, I I get it, like. If he doesn't have any more story to tell, don't force it. It's this just is like, literally the only DC anything that's that good. has like really like hit with people. Like Marvel's, you know, everyone's on the Joker, Marvel. the Joker movie. Oh, let's get. I love that. I'll, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. Yeah, yeah, we're get we're getting there. We're getting to the movie. So, best. Let's go to Netflix real quick. Actually, before we get to Netflix, I'll throw out one cable show that has not come up yet. The final season of Mr. Robot has been fantastic. I love that show. The acting on it is great, and they've gone in some interesting directions. They do all sorts of weird concept episodes. Like this year, they did an episode in a five act play format without commercials. It was all staged in one apartment. It was very cool. They have play with time great. They have all sorts of deep acting. Rami Malik is phenomenal as Ellie Alton, the main character of this show. And this show is also winding down the stretch. Got a couple episodes left to go. I cannot wait to see where this goes. I've heard good things about it. Same. Haven't seen it, but I've heard only good things. It Basically, it now is the TV that USA Network brands itself off of because it's mm-hmm. so successful. So, obviously, it's doing a great job. It is doing a great job. Let's go to the Netflix era. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you in Netflix. So, what was, do you think was the best Netflix of 19, 2019? I have such a hard time because, like, you know, I know 
Netflix and HBO are always battling between each other. But like, I really liked the Umbrella Academy. Like, I've so, heard good things about it. Like, okay, so things. I like watched the first episode and I was like, okay, like the premise of it sucked me in right away, like because it was like a weird premise. I like, I, I like these like weird things. Well, again, unique and uniqueness yeah. and originality now are at the forefront because everyone was so used to the same superhero thing for so mm-hmm. many years. Now, when you come up with a new idea, it's like, oh my god, something original, fantastic. Like the way that they set up each episode, I really enjoy because you like you don't know what happens, so you're gonna want to know what it is. But I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm a huge, huge fan of The Crown. Oh yeah, it's very slow. Like I understand a lot of people like the action stuff, but holy moly! Like Olivia Coleman, who's also in Fleabag, Mm -hmm. she's amazing. Like she does such a good job, and she keeps like you know putting herself down. Like she doesn't walk like the queen. She doesn't like fully like present herself because she's you know she's more comedic. Mm -hmm. But she does such a brilliant job. And Helena Bonham Carter like hit it out of the park. Yeah, no, I've heard great things about The Crown. Olivia Coleman, I loved her in The Favorite, which came out last yes. year. Um, so she's on my radar. Probably the best Oscar speech I've ever heard live. Oh, my God, As well, yes. her speech last year. <laughs> so, again, The Crown's a slow burn. I, my, I think my mom loves that show. Uh, if you're a fan of Downton Abbey, you're going to like The Crown as well. Yeah. So it all fits into that repertoire. Yeah, it does. And we'll go to the other streaming stars as well. The new ones that came out this year. I mean, there's about 15 more still in development, which I'm sure everybody's <laughs> going to try and figure out which ones they actually need. I think Disney Plus is a must-have for, like, everybody in terms of, like, they have so much stuff that they cover so many different varieties. I mean, like, you watch it for The Mandalorian, which is, I think, one of the— I watch it for Star Wars. I mean, I'm just a Star Wars sucker, so— You're, you're, you're watching for The Mandalorian. You have the entire 90s catalog on it. I mean, Disney Plus, I feel like, is just a massive home run. Yeah, and they also fixed it from the last time I was here. Yep. They now have a continue watching, and I like to think that somebody heard me. Like, as, <laughs> I mean, me and a million other people, I'm sure. But like, it's just like oh, I did that. <laughs> yeah, you put it. You put it on a podcast. That's also a plus. Yeah. Yeah, Disney Plus is great. John, any thoughts on the show besides the Star Wars? Um, no, Disney Plus, I think, is a home run for parents. I I can bet you every single parent with a kid has bought Disney Plus because as they should, just keeps yep. the kid occupied. And I think they did a really good job. I think it's a fairly cheap price for a streaming platform. Yeah. Um, I'll be really curious to see what they do with more original content going forward because right now, I don't think they have as many original ideas in the bag as may, as compared to uh, offshoots of certain franchises. So I kind of want to see more original content because they have all of the Marvel TV mm-hmm. shows coming out next year, which, I mean, some people are worn out of superhero stuff like I am, and maybe they won't be as interested next year and with another year of superheroes down the road. But... Regardless, you have to get it if you love Star Wars, if you love Marvel, if you have any of the major franchises that are right now at the cultural center point, you have to get Disney Plus. Yeah. It, any you have any interest in the Apple streaming service? Nope. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we said that in unison. No. They they don't have a show that that dragged me in yet. None of their No, but didn't and then the funny thing is the morning show got nominated for a Golden Globe today. Exactly. And I was like and I heard it wasn't even that good. I heard it's fifty fifty with the reviews yeah. on it. So yeah. I've heard I've heard that basically it's like a flaming pile of trash, the morning show. I mean like it's about the Me Too movement, so there's like you know, there's probably substance in, to it and Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston is in it as well. And Reese Witherspoon, I, feel like I believe. But, like, I can't. I can't afford another streaming one. Yeah, yeah I think they, they put Jenner, Jennifer Aniston as the center point of the morning show, right? I think there's a difference between putting someone as the star of the show and then someone being able to star as the show. I don't yeah. think Jenner, Jennifer Aniston is that type of person to corral a show around. And you're making her the hero of it. You make Steve Carell, who's the, one of the most lovable actors in all of Hollywood right now, and you make him the villain. See, I'm concerned that – yeah, I think – yeah. So just, it, it was just very interesting the way the way they the way they they tackled it and the way they pushed it out there. Some people love it, some people don't. Right now, Apple TV is the only subscription service I don't subscribe to at the yeah, moment. Yeah, and they have a new they have that ugh, I can't remember it. It's a space show. 
Oh, it's the one where it's it's uh, reverse history, where the Soviets yeah. landed on the moon mm-hmm. first, For right? all mankind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm interested in that, too, but that's something I'm going to have to bum off yeah, somebody for I'm not going to I'm not going to buy it for one show. Exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the great point. And before we move on from the, to the movies, it's just John's area. He's dying to get to the movies, but let's get to... I'll talk about anything. Yeah. Like, I'll talk yeah. about anything. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go the biggest whiff of the year in TV. So I'll start I'll start with John. He's not the t- biggest TV guy. But I'm sure he has his take on what's the biggest whiff. Oh, I think it's just Game of Thrones, the final season. I think <laughs> it, it was bad. People knew it was going to be bad. But at the, at the end point, it just people forgot about it. Um, I think that's just the biggest whiff. Yeah, I have to agree as well. Um, see, like, I don't like calling things like whiffs. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, there are some people out there who enjoy them. And I always, like, I don't like to dump on people. But Game of Thrones, like, I'm just going to go after the end episode like the last one and also the future of game of thrones too since they're cutting everything it's just like a continuous whiff (laughs) yeah yeah it just wasn't great yeah my whiff is just apple tv in general just because a no one was asking for this no one said you know what i need i need apple to make tv shows and that's number one then you come out with this you put nothing of value on it it turns original quality content there i mean you have one show that's decent one that has big names is not doing very well i mean i think that's a Big, big, big bust right now is the Apple TV. I would agree with you because neither of us have it. <laughs> None of us have it, and we're all people who like to stream stuff. Yep. All right, let's get to the movies, which is John's favorite part of the year. So before we get into the big picture, best and worst stuff, let's go some big categories. We will say Star Wars because John and I did Star Wars already. That's Fine. coming. Yep. So we will talk about the year in Marvel. I'll go first. I'm going to throw out here which of these movies, whatever movies they put out three this year Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Sam, which one did you think was the best of the three? I mean, like, I really had a hard time, like, de- like you know, going over my head which one I liked more. I mean, I liked them all. They were enjoyable. My favorite has, like, it's Captain Marvel. I know, like, that's the one with the biggest, like, plot holes. Like, everyone's, like, going through it now and saying, like, oh, they missed this, this, and this. But I just enjoyed seeing a movie with a female lead. I know that's completely biased, but... You know, it was nice to see that, like, it was carried and she was, like, a strong character, you know. I don't know. I mean, see, I was just so let down by Avengers that yeah. I have to pick Marvel. Yeah, I'm Spider-Man Far From Home, as I think the best. I like Captain Marvel second, and Endgame is a distant third. <laughs> <laughs> I not As you know, Mike, Sam, I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I think they're all, frankly, a little bit overrated. But, uh, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home was the most self-contained story, and that's the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah, I agree. That you was the, pretty good. Yeah, I agree. You the Spider-Man front. Let's dive into what went wrong with Avengers because I feel like we are on the kind of same boat where like it was nice at the time, but now you, the lower it ages, the less good it seems to us in in retrospect. So like, John, where did it really go wrong? You think? I just think it was it was a cultural touchstone that wrapped up a, a huge entire movie franchise, right? And everyone made the most money in movie history. So obviously it was successful on some front. I just don't think as a movie it was that well put together. Um, I'm not a huge fan of fan service, if you will, in a movie. I like it when it's subtle. I don't like it when it's when it's punching you in the face being, hey, you remember this? Hey, you remember this? Here are all the characters at once. Here. Boom, boom, boom. And they knock you out until you're tired of it, and you're on the ground dazed, and you don't know what to remember and what's important. That's what I felt at the end of Endgame. So I just think I think people are going to rewatch it because the action is really great and stuff like that, but unless you watch all the movies in a row and then watch Endgame again, I think the movie itself, Endgame, loses a little bit of, it, loses a little bit of its luster. Yeah, my problem with Endgame was just this whole idea. Like, the stuff they really started to hone in on in terms of callbacks. I mean, we really needed callbacks to the worst Thor movie, the three of them. That was the one we had to go diving deep on. And well, I, like, think that, I think that was the makers of the, of the movies trolling the audience, being like, hey, you thought this one was the worst. We're going to go back to it now. You have no choice. We've suckered you in. We're going to bring, oh, bring you back to the dark world. 
yes, you had to go back to the dark roll. That was depressing. Sam, what were your takes on what happened with so Endgame? When I saw Endgame, it was out on like digital streaming. So I bought it. I did not rent it because I couldn't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. So I bought it and yeah. I sat through it and I was like, why, God, why? <laughs> but it was like, it was way too much fan service. It was way too much tying up everything. All the loose ends are tied. Like, it's just, so, it, like, it just annoys me. I didn't like how it was put together. But, you know, again, it was nice to see all the characters together in a way, you know, like on a different level. But I don't know. I just, I didn't enjoy it. And to anyone, anyone putting this movie in the award conversation besides special effects can go, can go, go away. Walk away from me if you're going to bring up that conversation because I, I will not listen to you about like, it. Because like most Marvel people understand, they're like, this is an uh, like an Academy there are some people who people. are pushing for, it and it's absolutely absurd. To I me. know, and they're the Harry Potter people too. Like it's I was a huge Harry Potter fan, ridiculous. and I never thought any of those movies should be qualified for. Some an of the Academy Harry Potter Award. movies were made better than Avengers Endgame for yes, sure, but yeah. like they weren't Academy Award winning. No, there's movies. a difference. <laughs> it's just again, this it just does not deserve to be in that conversation whatsoever at all. Hot take. What was the best Harry Potter movie while we have this conversation going? Movie-wise? Yes. Like, Movie-wise. Okay. It was probably the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban. Ugh, what do you mean? Which <laughs> one is yours? The bad guy's a rat. Duh. He's yeah. Peter Pettigrew. He's a rat. The, the bad guy you're chasing, rat. a rat. <laughs> Come it's, on. It's like, story-wise, well, it was like a brand new look than the first two. The new Dumbledore. I just like, I don't know, the way that they filmed it with the time change. It was nice. And also came out when I was 10. So maybe I'm a little biased of how my memory works. <laughs> I like I like Order of the Phoenix the most. That was the that, yeah, that was the one I liked the most. The, did you read the books? Yeah, I read all the books. They missed the best parts. Well, people liked the Goblet of Fire movie the most too, and they took away that. half the I entire don't book. I understand that at all. That was the worst one. Yeah, I'm gonna throw one out. I feel like it does not get enough love. I think in terms of being a good Harry Potter movie, Half Blood Prince. I love that movie. That one was a comedy. It, it was good. That one was good. I I would agree with you that it's slightly underrated as well. It's slightly underrated, and the tribute to Dumbledore at the end when they're all raising their wands. Like that's a great great thought. It's not in the book. It's something original. I'm like, that's a great way to do it. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, it was just a comedic movie. I mean, like, it was fine, like, seeing it and it's comedic, but it's like, it's not Harry Potter. It's supposed to be dark. It gets darker by the year. Ugh, it does. Whatever. <laughs> I could be on a whole Harry Again, Potter it's subjective. podcast. Me going on rants. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe the next time the Fantastic Beast comes out, we can just do a Harry Potter movie podcast. Those were interesting movies. The Fantastic Beast yeah. one? I have not seen the second one. I've heard mixed things about that one. It was okay. (laughs) Vomiting onto this whole entire podcast studio. The second Fantastic Beast was one of the worst movies of the year that it came out. (laughs) Not even remotely close. The most incoherent story plot of all time. Yeah, that I was. I just sat and watched. It's one of those things like it's a rainy day, nothing else on. I guess I'll watch it. I won't ever spend money to go in the movie theaters again. No. I did my midnight things for the last two (laughs) movies. That's it. Yeah, we're not doing that. And before we move on from Avengers Endgame, we do have, I will say there were some great comedic moments in this one, including one I pulled for the podcast. So this is, I think, one of the funniest lines in the entire movie. Ugh, Mr. Rogers, I almost forgot that that suit did nothing for your ass. No one asked you to look, Tony. It's ridiculous. I think you look great, Cap. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. The line during from Paul Rudd there is great. <laughs> Yeah, and the good, then the good callback when the Captain Americas are fighting each other, and he, yeah, yep, that is America's ass. Yeah, he's not wrong. I think Mike likes Avengers Endgame, and me and Sam were just poo-pooing it the entire <laughs> time. I feel bad we like teamed up on Mike. It's okay. It's like I said, it's not my favorite of the year. It's by far, it's it's far from home because it's such a better made movie than Endgame was. Endgame was literally just we had to tie up twenty two movies, and here's some fan service, and here's all this fun stuff, and here's Cap holding the hammer and saying Avengers Assemble. That was basically the entire point of that movie. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with you with Paul Rudd. He's great. <laughs> I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd was, the, I think, the best part of that movie, to be honest with you. 
He's just the best part of most things. Yeah, he's very hard to dislike. Yes. All right, let's go on to Disney, which does own Marvel. We'll put that in its own separate <laughs> category. So they had a lot of crap coming out this year, and they had a lot of different movies. I mean, they called in the summer in the theaters. They called it the, the Year of Disney, and they had four live actions, Dumbo, Aladdin, Lion King, Maleficent, and then Toy Story 2 and Frozen 2. So Toy Story 4, Frozen 2, excuse me. So how on the whole do you think they did, John, on the year? I mean, if you look at Disney on the year, they had the Fox merger, so they became an even more powerful company, and they made the most money at the box office ever for a company at the movie theater. So if you look at them just the year fiscally, they had an awesome, awesome year. Let's say creatively. Creatively, I think they were hit and miss. I think that's fair. I think, uh, obviously, Frozen 2 is, is I think, well-liked and going to be a major hit. Uh, Toy Story 4, very, very well-received. I don't think it performed as well as people liked, but it was still a really good movie. Um, Lion King was controversial, but for people who weren't going in expecting an Oscar winner and they were just going in for a good time, it was enjoyable. And then I have not seen Dumbo or Aladdin because I heard they were both not very good, and so I will wait until a rainy day when I'm sick, and I'll throw on something I don't need to pay half attention to. (laughs) Literally, I refuse to watch it. After Beauty and the Beast ruined my favorite Disney movie. I was, really? Oh my god, that was horrible. I love I, Emma Watson too. I love Hermione Granger. I was so mad. It that was is horrible. probably my second favorite live action. Oh my god, no, I hated it. I was so upset. Like you like added all this extra stuff that no one Mike asked. Mike just for. leaned back in his chair as he started talking. <laughs> yeah, it's like like cool, like, cool. Yeah. tell me more. Literally, <laughs> so like I won't see well first of all Dumbo is like the f- saddest thing ever, especially when the Who mom wanted leaves. to see a live action Dumbo? Nobody. Who pitched that and everyone was like, Yes, this is a great idea <laughs> for a Sad, depressing story to put it to live action. Tim Burton. Did. I want to know. Oh, of course, I want to know. Did. So I won't see that. I won't see Aladdin. I won't see Lady and the Tramp. I'm sorry if that makes me so like rude. I'll probably eventually get to it way down the line after I've seen all the things I want to on Disney Plus. But I literally cannot bring myself to see it. I won't see Lion King. Like I just don't care. Toy Story Four. Best thing about that. Forky. Frozen Two. I will go see eventually. Probably when it's on Disney Plus. But other than that, Forky's the real MVP of Disney. And Tony Hale. Yeah, I agree. Lion King was a massive, massive, massive disappointment in terms of like what it could have been and what it ended up being. I don't think it was that much of a disappointment. It wasn't great, but it was still enjoyable. If you like the if you like the animated Lion King and you don't go in expecting the world of something, then you're come out entertained. I think the problem with it was I I think they put the be- very best stuff in the trailer and got your hopes up, and then they just gave you eh. The worst part about the Lion King was Beyonce. She was bad. Nobody wanted to say she was bad, but she was bad. Yeah. She's gonna come. Out. She's gonna bust through this door. I know all Excuse the Beyonce fans. Was it the Beehive are gonna come beehive. through barging through the door and beat the crap out of me? But Beyonce was bad in that movie. The only thing I was excited for was John Oliver as Zazu, and that's it. And I was like, I don't think I could justify. Yeah, I felt like the two best characters in that movie were John Oliver, Zazu, and uh, P- and Timon and Pumbaa were the best parts of that movie. Yeah, the, I would agree with you. I think everything yeah. else you could have left behind. James Earl Jones even got worse in movie than movie. James, I mean James Earl Jones. Old. I will never ever. Plus, Never he's like an older gentleman. Like, let's give him. Yeah, we have to give him a break. He's yeah, been along, around yeah, for a see, long time. Yeah, I mean, like compared to nineteen. Yeah, it's tough because like nineteen ninety four was a classic performance from him as as uh, Mufasa, and then doing it again it's hard to recapture the same intensity when you're when you're like fifteen years down, fifteen twenty five years down the line. And Runch and Forky also. I think you're right. I think Toys R Us was the most well received of all these movies this year, and Forky I think was the best character. I mean. We get great gems like this out of the movie. Like this is, I think, one of my favorite like mo- songs in the entire Toy Story movie. I mean, how great is this? We have a gospel choir singing. I can't let you throw yourself away. <laughs> 
the trash was the funniest sequence. Yeah. Probably oh the, pure, the most pure laugh out loud sequence of the movie. Yeah, no, trash. when I, I went to see in the, I love seeing movies in drive-ins. It really, like, I don't know. It just changes the whole game. Um, also, you can, like, relax and, li- like, I don't know. I don't have a movie theater where it reclines, like, the seats. Um, but literally, like, when he said, like, I'm trash, I'm like, I relate to you so much. Like, and so does every, <laughs> like, 20-something-year-old person. Like, everyone feels like trash. And, like, that's why people our age should still watch it is for characters like Forky. I would, I 100% agree. Relate to those characters on many, many levels. <laughs> yeah. I remember we talked about this when the trailer came out. We are like, we're not sure if this is going to land. They were like, they landed it. They did it perfectly. And my one question about that movie, I always felt like, I, walking out of it, I did feel weird about the direction they took the Woody character in. I just, I just don't know if I bought it, but like, I've seen it okay. My take on the movie is like, we didn't need it. It was good, but did we really need it? That's sort of my take on it. No, no, you didn't need it, but it was still good and enjoyable. It was yeah. Still, anything better that uh, better than anything else Disney put out this year in terms yeah. of their IP. Yeah, in terms of creative blossom here. So, now we'll get to Stanko's favorite part, which is the best and worst movies of the year. So, so give me some top movies, John. All right, let me get on my soapbox here real fast. Clear my voice. Um, so the best movie of 2019 that I've seen thus far as of taping was Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. A Korean movie was absolutely unbelievable. One of the best movies I've seen this decade. In fact, the second best pure movie I've seen this decade. Just unfreaking believable um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was awesome. Quentin Tarantino. Best documentaries this year I saw were Diego Mardona on HBO was some of the best d- d- documentary filmmaking I've ever seen on uh, storytelling. And then Apollo 11 also came out this year. Documentary. Uh, fantastic. The biggest surprise this year for me was Ready or Not, which was like the horror comedy kind of thing based off Hide and Go Seek. That I went into good. The, it was good. Was I walked good. into the movie theater going, I'm just gonna waste ten dollars here. It's a matinee. <laughs> I went. I walked out. I was laughing. It was bloody gory. It was original. The ending had a twist. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it was the most surprising movie that I saw this year. Um, my guilty pleasure, John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, just because it's an action movie with Keanu Reeves kicking ass. You can never go wrong with that, ever. Knives Out was remarkably fun, and I really hope that gets the award attention that it deserves as award season comes up, because it's one of the best movies of the year while being a whodunit, so it's fantastic. And then, also shout out to some comedy, which I think comedy had a bit of a rebirth this year. Jojo Rabbit, incredibly original, incredibly satirical, but still very, very enjoyable, very well made. And then Booksmart, Olivia Wilde, Probably downright the just funniest movie I saw this year in terms of laugh out loud comedy. It was Booksmart. That was a really good movie. I just recently watched it on like our snow day that we had last week. I was so excited. I've been wanting to see it, but of course, like I have no time because mm-hmm. life, know, life, life is so dumb. But like I never get to go to the movies. I've been going. I went to the drive-ins twice, and those were the only two movies I've seen like in theaters. So I got to see Booksmart. It was so good. Booksmart, it was, it was fantastic. It was her, really first, her first her uh, first time directing as well, and it was just a fantastic, hilarious, hilarious movie. And they were, like, good characters, too. Yeah. Like, they were, like, well-written. Like, I really liked it. Yeah, Sam, you want to add something to, to this, this collection here? Yeah, what, so um, I do follow uh, good old John Stanko on Twitter, and mm. I was really upset. I didn't say anything, so I'm not going to start a Twitter war. Let's do it right about now. About how much you didn't like Joker as much as I thought you would. Joker, was it was a great performance based around a kind of – I think uneven movie. See, like, because my whole thing was like, that's our world. Joker is our world. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's you know, I don't understand. Like, that's why they were concerned about riots and whatnot. But it's so sad. Like, I know this is getting serious, but like the Let's whole mental it. health thing. 
Like that's so real. Like, oh my god, I, I wanted so more transparency from it though because I think Todd Phillips was a little bit too obvious when Joker was in his make-believe world compared to when it was the real life 1980s. I don't think we needed the extra flashbacks of showing that his romantic relationship was fake. I think you could yeah. just tell that from when he walked into the room and the the lady is just like, oh no, you, where are you? Yeah. You're not you're not in the right room. So I think he treated the audience like it was a little bit too dumb. Um, I and, mean, sadly, that's what you have to do. Like, but that's the thing. You don't need to do that. Parasite doesn't so. do that. Like, there are movies that can do it subtly, and the audiences <laughs> that pay attention are rewarded. You don't need true, to hammer true. it on people's heads yeah. to pay attention. That's the difference between American-made movies. It's just, it, it It was a good movie. Joaquin Phoenix probably deserves to be nominated. I wouldn't pick him as Best Actor, but he deserves to be nominated. No, I just thought that movie, like, okay, I'm all about backstory. I do enjoy a good backstory. So I was excited about the Joker backstory. I love Batman. I've been a I don't like of, how like, they threw in all the Batman stuff at the end either. That was too much overload you didn't you yeah. didn't need that no it was a good movie that. without that exactly like but like the whole part where it's just like he's in the mental institution and stuff like and he finds out like you're like oh joker i see why you are a horrible human being like when you like you know are older because like life is literally like took a big dump on your head yeah like literally there's nothing like his even life that's not even his mother like he, and he takes care of her and he made sacrifices for her and that it like messed up his life because he chose his mother mm-hmm. and then to find out that she's crazy like you're like and you can see why he's angry that part with the that whole scene the gory scene I, everyone's like oh it was too gory i was no, like i was not bad that was, was great that was very like done that was done so well i will say from joker one of the best visual scenes this entire year i saw was when he spread the blood across his lips for the smile and turned around and faced the crowd yeah. that was Expert filmmaking. That's a scene that's going to stick with me. Even though I didn't love the movie, I thought it was good. That scene itself was unbelievable. I just, awesome like, job. Every time, it's just like the part with the subway where he gets beat up and he's trying to pull out his card. And you're just like, but it's just, it says something about our society today. Because people, you know, people, you know, with the whole thing with mental illness, people don't treat people correctly. You know, like when you're, you know. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too serious. I keep saying I know I understand. But <laughs> I just get so – I get on, like, my pedestal, and I'm just like, this movie was great. It said something about the whole hierarchy of our society, and then, like, you know, it, this could – you know, I'm not saying the Joker is going to be a real person. But, like, this is what causes bullying and mental – you know, it's – you know, you uh, hopefully it taught people, you know, you should treat people a little nicer. Yeah, no, I think it tried to serve its purpose. I just think it was a little bit too obvious with it. I would have preferred a little bit more uh, – gray area rather than just a black and white which i think the ending half of the joker movie was i gotcha i just love the part when he just stands up at the end like it's just like villain yeah (laughs) no it was again i just love that part it was well made just yeah I appreciate I appreciate all this movie knowledge from you guys because as you guys know like I don't get to as many movies as I want to so my my way of watching movies is through the Netflix DVD program so I just add stuff to the list so I didn't know they still did that they I still do that you have to pay for it but I still oh, get understand. it yeah, yeah I didn't know that yeah they still do that so like that's on my list so make right now I probably have on it about like movies that are like 2017 that's how far behind they are on my queue <laughs> so like. If you want, so maybe even like in about like a year, I'll get to like Fantastic Beasts two. Maybe at that point, I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's go the other way real quick. What are some notable busts in movies here? Who did badly? So you have any thoughts, Sam? I'll start with you oh, first. I know he's got some takes. There's so there's just so many. I mean, like just like going through, just thinking, like in a way, Toy Story four was kind of a bust to me. It's like it did good, but it was also not good. There's Whoa. been all those movies that are like. They're all right. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I'm just going to me- upset people. That's, that's, that's the whole point here. You can just upset people. Like, listen, let, let the hate, let the hate say? flow I'm sorry through to, you. I am sorry to go back to this, but do you know what was such a surprise to me? 
that like murder mystery movie on Netflix with Adam Sandler. That was so good. I would agree with you. That one actually surprised me. It's nothing like you know artistic, but like I was like, holy moly, this is actually pretty. I watched it twice. I never watch movies like that are somewhat okay twice. That was a surprising one. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. (laughs) Yeah. So, what's your bust? Uh, let's see. Hellboy was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Awful, horrendous, terrible. Dark Phoenix. I love the X Men. That, that movie stunk. I wouldn't bother. This is stunk why I don't have a lot of like, contributions either. Because like, if I don't think the movie's gonna be good, I won't go see. See, it. I'll go see anything, even if it's a pile of flaming garbage. And it was. Uh, the Beach Bum with Matthew McConaughey. I was slightly disappointed by that. I think that came that came out this year, so I was disappointed by that. Netflix Netflix duds. Uh, there was an original movie called In the Shadow of the Moon, which was mm. dreadful. Uh, In the Tall Grass. The Stephen King adaptation. I did not enjoy that movie very much. And then also, probably one of the more disappointing movies I saw this entire year was Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. The Zac Efron uh, movie about Ted Bundy oh. was not very good at all. And I, I wanted it to be one. good, and it just wasn't. Well, I, it's Ted Bundy. I, mean, I know. It was okay. Like, I, I want, watched it. I, want like, I didn't a, shut it off. I want a dark Ted Bundy movie where it actually goes into the grotesque things that he did. Did you see The Irishman yet? Yes, I've seen The Irishman. Did you like it? I did, did like you The Irishman. It? I did. Did you see the statistic? Only 18% of people. Yeah, well, those people just it? don't appreciate good cinema. See, There's my it. hot take. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the hot take. People who don't finish the Irishman are not like culturally literate. I just I hate also, people saying a movie's too long, but you will yeah. sit through and binge The Office for six straight hours on a Sunday, but you can't watch a movie for three and a half hours. Also, or, or, like if you stupid. watch The Godfather and you don't finish that, like how do you not? All these people who I like know that watch The Godfather, are like oh I liked it, and I'm like oh did you watch The Irishman? Yeah, I don't like it. I'm like it's I know it's not the same thing, but like it's just like it's the same genre. Yeah, no, it is. I hate done. people with the timing thing because they will binge anything. For for an unlimited amount of time, mm-hmm. but when something is set in front of you saying you it takes this long, people don't like people it. People need to appreciate like slower moving movies. Yes, yeah, or people who watch Endgame for three hours won't watch The Irishman. Exactly, That's it makes so zero true. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Irishman far superior to Endgame. All right, thousand percent. All right, let's wrap it up a little bit. Let's look ahead to twenty twenty. So we'll touch on three things, which is we'll start with the halftime show of the Super Bowl. So. I don't care. Skip me. Go to Sam. <laughs> yeah, J Lo and Shakira are doing it this year. Any thoughts? Honestly, like. So J-Lo comes to Yankee Stadium, yeah. and everyone's excited to see A-Rod, and I'm here for J-Lo. So, like, I'll watch it. I I don't know. I don't have high hopes. I just like J-Lo. Honestly, I'm just biased with that. That's it. Only J-Lo I'll watch it for. All right. Sounds good. We'll keep that in mind. Most excited for in TV, any hot takes for 2020 you're looking forward to? To be honest with you, I don't. Um, I, would, I like TV shows. I think the one thing, I don't look far in the future for TV shows, but The Outsider coming on HBO in January based off mm-hmm. the Stephen King novel. I'm a sucker for Stephen King. HBO makes great shows. I will be tuning into that one. I that's really the first hope, show I'm that's excited good. for. Yeah. yeah, I'm hopeful for that. You know, and then, like, because a lot of things are just returning on TV. So, yeah. like, Stumptown will be back, like, you know, in January because it's so close. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like, um, Umbrella Academy. Academy's coming just, back. Yep. So, they, I think it should be in 2020. Yeah. They always say The Crown's going to come back out the next year, and it's always, like, two years. So, hopefully The Crown because um, the woman who played Dolores Umbridge is going to be the queen, Imelda something. Yeah. I always forget her last name. But, um... I don't know. Uh, I, not a lot of TV I'm looking forward to, especially when you just drop the bomb that Watchmen. He only wants to make. You only want to make one, make one season. season. So I get it, but like still upset. Yeah, I'll throw a couple out there. Westworld season three. Because I see where oh, they go yeah, with that. I totally forgot about Westworld. That's coming back. I'm nervous about that. I'm, I'm a, very nervous. That's I, why I don't want to put it on my excited for because I'm holding my reservations of excitement. I season blocked two it was out. Not you can see good. that I blocked it out completely. Yeah, it might be our next project. The watch the Westworld season from here. The three of us is talking about what happened in it and figure, trying to decipher exactly what they're doing. you have four hours to try and unpack everything? I do have four hours. I'll try and unpack everything. I'm glad I said, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Colin while driving home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the rest of the world season three, the final season of Homeland on Showtime. Excited for it. I love that show. I have to hope to see they stick the land. Hope they do better than Game of Thrones in terms of sticking the landing. And another one, which I know the last season was not great. I'm I'm curious to see what Larry David does for Curve season ten. It's coming in January, so as I'm, long as JB's moves on there, yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah. He's a great, and he's a local. He's from Mount Vernon. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his daughter and I went to camp together. Oh, learn something new every yeah, day. Yeah. Yeah, so you have the connection to JV's move. Mm-hmm. Well, not really. <laughs> Mike's like, book him on the podcast for me. Adjacent. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we, like, hi, Jericho. We haven't talked in forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be quite the podcast, Get JV Smooth. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, so, he's a very nice person. The last time I remember JV Smooth was I see, saw him back in, like, April doing the hype video for the Jet New Uniforms. That was something oh, he did. Oh, yeah. He did that, too. That was the only good thing coming out of the Jets is here was the uniforms. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. All right. And last but not least, movies you're excited for. We'll go John first. All right, I'm going to run down let's my see, list really fast. Let's see how many we have similar. With the new trailer coming out, A Time to Die, the new James Bond movie, I am so excited for it. I just rewatched Skyfall last night, and guys, Skyfall is awesome. It's beautifully shot. It is beautifully shot. It's fantastically written. It's a trope action movie that talks about a deeper meaning about something other than just blowing things up, <laughs> a.k.a. Marvel. So very excited <laughs> for that. Uh other just going down the list quickly. A, to- a Quiet Place 2. I love the first one. Don't know how they're going to do a sequel, so I'm genuinely curious to see how they'll do a sequel to that. New Mutants, uh, the X-Men horror movie thing that looks like it's going to be a dumpster yeah. fire, and I'm going to watch it to see how bad it's going to be. I'm genuinely excited to see what that disaster is going to be like. Top Gun Maverick, sucker for it. Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie, absolutely just inject it into my veins. <laughs> the Kingsman, the third movie in uh, the Kingsman uh, franchise. Yes. The second one wasn't very good. I love Ralph Fiennes, so excited for the third one there. Last Night in Soho, new Simon Pegg horror comedy. Excited for that just because I love Simon Pegg. Dune is a massive, massive book. Was the first movie it was I get a revelation in science fiction for when it came out. However, this new one, I believe um, it's being made late in the year, coming out in like December 2020, but excited for that. Could be a possible new Star Wars sci-fi franchise. And then Uncharted, though, uh, this is a video game movie I'm actually excited for. I love the video game franchise Uncharted. Tom Holland's in it. I do love Tom Holland. Oh. So that's what those are. The, those are the ones I'm excited for. But right now, top of my list is a time to die. Daniel Craig, James Bond. Yes. All right. Side note: um, I watched A Quiet Place on an airplane, and let me tell you, if you, I want to like see a quiet, a quiet, whatever the sequel is going to be called, on an airplane again, because everything's quiet in an airplane. Yeah, and you're just there, like, and it's so quiet. I'm like, why did I do this to myself? But I feel like <laughs> I literally got to see it in a different way, like, because everything was quiet around me on top of it. Yeah. So I was like, I feel like maybe they should screen a few on some airplanes <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I remember this story. You told me this on the podcast back like February, and I thought that was such an interesting way to do it. I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. I don't. I'm not a fan of scary movies like i like scary movies but i hate them like i won't go to the theater to see them oh i will go to the too loud alone. and i'm too scared but like in my own house i'm like this is fine this is okay like, yeah. all right so what about you what movies are you looking forward to so i also have the like the king's men on there i'm super excited about it i have mulan which you're, i'm always i just you're, like you're breaking your disney live action rule I I know. That's true. I know, but it's just 2020, New Sam. Sam. Oh, New Year's resolution, New Sam. But I'm excited because like it's not going to be like the singing, dancing thing. It's going to be more based on who she was. It's the biggest departure from the Disneyfied version of the tale thus far. Is it really like? Is it a movie or is it really like the live action? Because it's like actors, whatever. Um, I Birds of Prey. I'm a sucker for Harley Quinn. I know you don't like. I'm a sucker for Margot Robbie. That's yes. why I'll see it. Big girl crush on Margot Robbie. Mar- you kidding everyone me? Everyone should have a Margot. Like, everyone. She's great. She's so awesome. She's look. She also. Side note: Bombshell coming out late December, uh, night December 2019 looks phenomenal as well about the Fox News uh, sex yes. scandal. Yes. So very very excited for she's, that. Oh yes. And then onward, which I don't. I love 
Disney animated stuff. Don't get me wrong. So Onward, I'm looking forward to. That's like a weird like. Well, it's, it's a new idea from Pixar mm-hmm. again. Frozen Two, Frozen Two Disney animated movie. It's rehashing old IP. This one, a new idea, new concept. Hopefully, it's like Inside Out or like Coco, which really yes. really took it the first Oh my race. god! And then I have Ghostbusters. The new After trailer I- came out today. As the day yes. we were recording, the yes. trailer came out. It wasn't bad. No, I was like, oh my god, it just genuinely looks okay. My guilty thing. The only reason it made the list because I made this list before I saw the trailer. I because uh, Bill Murray said he's going to be in it. Yeah, I believe almost all the returning mm-hmm. cast that's alive is going to yeah. be in the I movie. I mean, I only care about Bill Murray. So. Yeah. And then my last one, and I really do love this whole like franchise is Scoob. I love Scooby. Scooby Doo. We have the same initials. Yeah. Like I'm so excited, and it looked cute. Like it looked cute. I don't know. I love Scooby Doo. <laughs> all right, I'll throw a few more in there as well, just so we get different differentiation. Excuse me, I'm gonna lose my mind after doing now an hour straight of podcasting with different topics, but <laughs> I can still go all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so obviously Tenet, as John said, I'm a big Christopher Nolan guy. I'm super excited for that one. I cannot wait to to watch that movie. Figure out what's going on there. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, the original one was, I think, very, very good. I think the only DC movie actually worth seeing of that whole era. I think I'm curious to see how they follow it up. Especially, I'm curious of the choice to bring Chris Pine back and they kill his character off. So The new trailer came out the day before we are recording, and yeah. it revealed nothing about the plot. You yeah. know what? I think Zero. he's not real. I feel like he's going to be a figment of her imagination. I have no That's idea. That's my hot take. He's yeah. not real. Yeah, that will be interesting as well. Just as Black Widow, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. I want to see what happens there. And just for pure train wreck potential, like, like you met, meant for the new mutants, Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm waiting to see how bad oh, they pull that up. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I should have put that on my list. I want to see how bad that's going to be. My favorite is the fans got them to re, like, redo draw. the movie. Yeah, yeah, I was like, good for them for listening. Well, Cat's just trying to learn from the same thing with their first trailer, and then they had oh to go God. back and redo the CG with that stuff, yeah, they, they pushed the movie back four months because the CGI tr- was so bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I forgot about that one. That's literally going to be like, I'm going to go see to see how bad it is. I might end up doing a podcast about Cats just how terrible it is. not even mm-hmm. that good on its own. Like, I'm sorry, I shared the same birthday as Andrew Lloyd Webber, so I feel somewhat connected to him. But, like, I... What's a good play Andrew Lloyd Webber's made? Well, like, you know, Phantom's pretty good. Is Phantom good? It's all right. Is it? <laughs> I mean, like, the is premise moment is pretty okay. The first half's pretty good. The ending, not great. Yeah, I mean, the movie with Gerard Butler and Emmy Rosen wasn't too bad. I do love that. This is going to be a complete side tangent. Sorry, Mike, hijacking your podcast. The scene <laughs> when they're going into underneath the the, uh, the, the, the theater and all the candles rise yeah. up at the same time <laughs> genuinely looked really, really cool. Only yeah. thing I remember from that movie, but it was a really cool scene. Anyway. Absolutely. Once again, the great way to end the year with this kind of podcast. A lot of fun having you guys on. So before I let you guys go, do you want to let people know how to follow you on social media? How's that with you, John? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm at jstanko99 on Twitter and stankosstance.wordpress.com for all my movie takes. And be, be on the lookout for the podcast John and I did about the movies of the decade. That's coming. That is coming. Ooh. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I feel like I'm going to be the most casual, basic guy on that podcast. I'm going to be a good straight man for you. Uh, you're going to be the straight man for all my anger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I throw out for you, like, oh, I was a big fan of, like, Captain America Civil War. You're like, wow. I- <laughs> Just don't give him <laughs> any Marvel. Podcast. Like, honestly, what have we learned from Half this podcast? Half of his list. And listen, Marvel can be okay. There are some okay Marvel movies, just not all of them. Yeah. So, Sam, we'll go to you next. How do people follow you on Twitter? Um, I'm, at, I'm at S. DeRose, D-E-R-O-S, 5. All right. That, somebody stole A, so that. whatever. <laughs> She's not bitter at all, folks. <laughs> stupid Twitter. Yeah, stupid Twitter. But anyway, thanks again. This was the last podcast I'm putting out in 2019. So to all of you listening in 2020, have a happy year. Be sure to follow us on tw- follow us all on Twitter. I'm at nfellows331. Have a great year, everybody. <laughs>
Yeah.